Are you ready? Oh, you push record. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <you> <laughs> I'm ready when you are. Welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about, well, we're, we might be all over the place, but we're going to lead with the subject of taking responsibility in our lives, especially when it comes to raising our children. And kind of how we got onto this topic talking between ourselves this week, Cecily and I, um, I had been listening to a podcast episode. They were talking about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial and they had played the um, recording of Amy Rohrbach that I think she worked for ABC and she was eventually fired by CBS. I can't remember the exact um, playing out of that, but she was a a news anchor who was caught on a hot mic talking about how she had had information on Epstein years ago, I think like in 2016, and no one let her report on it, and she was just fired up talking about this. And anyways, this podcast episode I was listening to that was talking about the trial now was playing that, and it just spiked in my mind um, how little anyone actually cares about protecting our children, um, it's it's our job. That falls on our shoulders. And then kind of got down the rabbit trail of just in general, very broadly, everything we do, every choice we make, even if we think we're not making a choice, is our responsibility. And I just started thinking about um, – this last fall, my husband and I were having a conversation. He was just like, why, you know, he just kind of said out loud rhetorically, why is freedom such a hard sell? And I said, because it comes with responsibility. And mm-hmm. I feel like we live in a society anymore where if there's a hard decision to be made, we always, not not we broadly, but some people and why we have so many problems and um, People want to give that responsibility to somebody else, but we ultimately always bear the burden. Even if we make a decision to allow somebody to make another decision for us, that's us making a decision, right? And so we are responsible for our choices and we are responsible for the consequences of them. And so as we get into this, we're going to kind of lead with um, taking responsibility and how we're raising our children and the decisions we're making around that. Mm-hmm. It's such an important thing. I mean, I think it's been important all throughout history, but I feel like now it's easier for people to forget that our lives are our responsibility. And I like how you mm-hmm. said it's like with every decision, every decision, no matter how small, is our responsibility and is going to contribute to the next moments, days of our lives and of our kids' lives. And Yeah, the kids thing is especially heavy on me because they are so dependent on what we do and on how we raise them and on what we teach them is important and on how we equip them to make those decisions that are going to affect their lives and their children's lives. And it has such an impact just on the future in general, like how we as a culture raise our kids right now and the decisions we make right now will have lasting impacts on the next generation and the generation after that. And when you really think about it that that way in the sense of dominoes, this is really, these are important days. Yeah, I totally agree. Like as I was talking to you about this, Cecily, just on Boxer back and forth, you know, it it applies everywhere. And Mm -hmm. we're talking about just different 
aspects of our lives, not ours in particular, but ours as a whole, as a society, that we often find like giving that giving that off to somebody else. For example, like the current situation, the current scenario, like asking your doctor what's best, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to the vaccine. Yes, we want to be able to trust our doctors and we should be able to ask them for advice when it comes to our children. But ultimately, the decision is ours. It's not mm-hmm. the doctor's. It's ours. When it comes mm-hmm. to school, we've talked about this before. When it comes to school, you know, and our children's education, we want to say, you know, it's a school's responsibility and blame a teacher or blame mm-hmm. the school system if things aren't going well. But ultimately, that falls upon us when it comes to our kids' spiritual walk. You know, it, it isn't the church's responsibility. That's a tool in the toolbox, but it's ultimately our responsibility, right, to make sure things are going well in that department and make sure we're teaching them what we want them to learn. And so there's so many different areas, and it, it's a lot of weight to think about it falling mm-hmm. upon your shoulders. But <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what we accept, you know, as parents. That is our responsibility. Yeah. They're in our care. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of us, like I know I had my kids fairly young. Like I had my first when I was 23. And these aren't really thoughts that went through my head at that time. You know, like it was just like, yeah, we can have kids. I guess we could have kids. You know, life is kind of boring right now. Let's have kids. <laughs> and, you know, when we're young, that's kind of the extent of the thought that goes into it. But as soon as you have these children, you realize the weight of the responsibility that's on you. And I shouldn't say as soon as you have them, really, when you're pregnant, you start to realize it. But this realization only seems to grow year after year. Wouldn't you say mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Like it seems the older you get, the longer you're a parent, the more you feel the weight of it. And it's, it's a good weight. Like it's a blessing, but we need to steward it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say like when I had kids, like mm-hmm. first had kids and when I was mm-hmm. pregnant, I was prepared to have a baby. I wasn't yes. prepared to have a child. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I was prepared to Yeah, I was prepared to diaper and feed yeah. and do yeah. cuddle, put to sleep, mm-hmm. deal with sleepless nights, all of those things. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for the responsibility of raising someone into a good adult and like you know that that comes with it, right? Like duh, that <laughs> goes without saying, but at the same time, like you don't mentally prepare for that at the time. And I, I wish I had somebody actually, like, I wasn't thinking about this when we got onto the podcast, but with you saying Mm -hmm. that, Cecily, it made me think about that. I almost wish I had someone to, you know, mentor me Mm -hmm. at the beginning there. So, because I feel like it's just a learning as you go process and you get better with each passing year and it gets easier, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. I don't really have a lot more to say. They're yeah. just like going you down know, this like trail, like remembering, yeah. you know. And like so you've walked down that trail a little bit and I'm going to walk a little bit further because it's interesting to me. Like I find when I know someone who's pregnant with their first child or maybe they're waiting to adopt their first child, usually the conversations that people will have with new moms and dads or expectant moms and dads is like, oh yeah, you know, the sleep stuff and the eating stuff. And like, we talk about all these practicalities, which are important, these like very tangible things, but rarely, rarely, rarely 
do we talk about the weightier things and the things that are really of more importance, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's like, a, it's a hole. That's a hole that we have in our society that needs to be filled. Yeah. The whole reason of how, ha- you know, the whole reason we're here and the purpose we're here isn't eating, <laughs> sleeping, exactly. peeing, pooping, but that's what you yeah, talk about. You have a baby yeah. and you're not talking about like their, you know, heart Mm -hmm. and raising them, you know, to have shape their heart, you know, and -hmm. that's what's important. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Never really honestly thought about that. It's just, this is the thing though, right? Like we make polite conversation. That's what we do. I I, I say we again, this is something I, Mm -hmm. we stop saying we, I guess, but it's hard not to. I, I assume people know what we mean when we say we, but we make polite conversation. We kind of have these talking points. We talk about the weather. We talk about sleep. We talk about the newest show. But it's like, why are, why why don't we ever get into the deeper matters? And I shouldn't say we never get into the deeper matters, but it's much more rare. And I'm not saying that every conversation has to be this exhausting exploration of all the deepest things that we can think of. But it's almost like there's this fear and we're holding each other at bay when really we could be helping each other if we would open up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in general, this is not at all where I thought this episode was going to go. This is what happens. (laughs) Yeah. But I like this conversation because it's something that I don't think about a lot Mm -hmm. or really ever. But as far as the children thing, Mm-hmm. But I think that it would have been helpful to me as a new mom for sure. and raising my children. But where, what were you talking about just now? Um, oh, not talking about the weighty thing. Each other yeah. Bay. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a lacking thing in our society. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just like thinking about the fact that it's kind of like a time trap that we have – all these surface level conversations constantly and it's almost like wasted time. We could be yes. growing and mm-hmm. um, growing and lifting each other up, but mm-hmm. we kind of like spend this time just on the surface level stuff. Yeah. Well, essentially we're taking the easy route, right? And that's kind of where we wanted to, t- what we wanted to talk about today is how, you know, a lot of people will kind of, we'll use school for an example, just to start. But like people, parents will use school as a place to send their kids to learn. Um, and there's a lot of really great parents that realize that it's also their responsibility to make sure their kids are learning what they need to learn. But it can often be easier to like send your kids there for six hours and then not question them on what they're learning and just trust that the school is doing that, you know, because that's the easier thing to do. That's what society does. And it's not about school being the wrong place to be. That's not it at all. It's about kind of engaging with the schooling process, you know, like, and and I feel like that can be applied in many different aspects of parenting as well. Yeah. The part you said about we send them to school because that's what the general populace, that's what society does. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I really want to hone in on with everything, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, almost like a scapegoat that, well, this is how we do things. So if something doesn't go as planned or if there's like a consequence, everybody kind of has the same consequence because we're all in the same system. So big deal. Or Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, well, I sent them to school and they were supposed to be doing that. So that's their fault. No, like we've made the choice. And Mm -hmm. even if everyone has the same consequence, like that doesn't release us personally from the consequence. Like we still Mm -hmm. feel that. And I don't know if I'm describing that well, but it's Mm -hmm. almost like you feel like if you've given the responsibility to someone else, the consequence is their responsibility. Right. It's someone else's fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But you still have that consequence, you know? And not only you, but your child potentially. Yeah. Right? Like, and yeah. that, that's big. I'm trying to think of a good example to explain it better. It's just like, I don't know, like you get in the car with somebody that you know might be a bad driver and you're mm-hmm. riding with them and they get in a wreck and you're severely injured and you're like, well, they were the bad driver. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you knew they were a bad driver and you got in a car with them. And now you still have the broken bones. Like you have the broken bones. Nobody's releasing Mm -hmm. you of that because the other person drove badly, you know? For sure. Yeah. And there's so much right now going on in our society that can lead to those figurative broken bones and we just kind of accept it. Yeah. Um, But we shouldn't (laughs) because, yeah, yeah, we've got one life to live here and we've got one opportunity to raise our kids. Yeah. I want to play – I think I'm going to play this now if that's okay with you, Cecily. Sure. But this mm-hmm. girl, the Kayla Henry is her uh, handle on Instagram. But she wrote a poem and spoke it on Instagram. It's about four minutes long. So it's a little long, but it's really good. And the part that struck me that I really – well, the whole thing struck me. But the part mm-hmm. that struck me is she's talking about um, us giving our um, – our lives over essentially to someone else. She's saying we gave them the pencil, you know, Mm -hmm. they can, they can make the changes because we gave them the pencil. And I think that's such a profound statement because it's not like somebody took these choices and took these things from us. We've given it away. This isn't a change of weather. Freedom's hanging by a thread here while we binge Netflix and TikTok. Now I'm not here to judge you. I know we're all scared and tired, and we've been so hardwired, media fueled the wrong fires. We're depressed, we're dying while billionaires are crying of laughter. While we're just running faster away from reality, well, why wouldn't we? They've got guns and we've got family. This isn't conspiracy. Theories have been brought to light throughout history. We're in a cave thinking we're free. Won't go to the light, it's easier not to see. Can we go back to dictionaries when definitions were clear? Words manipulated we didn't know existed. Let teachers fix it so parents can be distant. Mess with child development, just leave it to the government. Let them draw our paths, because we gave them the pencil. We can still erase this if we face it. Us against the faces that convince us drugs will solve our problems while they profit from our consumption. Stop listening to stars and politicians and begin using intuition discerning fact from fiction stop paying into our addiction of listening to a system that's turning us to victims of our lack of wisdom if you don't see it now it's okay to be confused but don't throw rocks at those who do take a step back and you'll see who is piloting this ruse a bunch of individuals profiting from your residuals putting our money into propaganda and riot police instead of into our failing healthcare system 
They've always done this. Tell us they need our money to fix the roads while they ride private jets and fancy boats. No wonder we can't stay afloat. We're right where they want us. Distanced and thoughtless, avoiding each other so we can't discuss what's wrong with this picture. Instead, we discuss our feelings, caps lock on with words vomiting out of our thumbs without knowledge of real arguing. Why can't ideas be shared without ruining friendships and careers? Just because someone got offended, never learned emotional intelligence? Your feelings have no relevance in the crusade for truth. If they gave any credit to the people, we wouldn't have censored information. We get just one side on every station, pushing separation amongst each other. So we're too busy judging mothers who wonder why their kids are being smothered. Masks in gym class call out the other when he pulls down his mask. How do they even learn in class? selling problems not solutions our institutions told us following was the solution because if you think for yourself you'll go nowhere with an f but i can tell you the people who came out independent were the ones who were observant i had to unlearn to become present and i'm still working on it but i make decisions for myself this isn't about health if it were they'd tell us get your vitamins go for walks whenever you can do sports, eat well, have interactions, real human connections, raise your kids with healthy immune systems. Instead, they punish insurrections that fight for freedom from the infectious disease that is control. They swallow us whole, keep us indoors, special treatment for big box stores, give us fines when we're unsure what martial law is in place today, give us checks to stay on our good side. Keep us lost and afraid because we can't afford a rising mortgage or rent because we lost our pay. It was never going to be just a few days. All right. So I don't know. She has so many lines at the beginning of that thing that are so applicable to what we're talking about today. Yeah. Like what you had said. Did she say that we gave them the pencil? Is that what? Is that how it went? I think like, so. Yeah, and so it's like we're wondering why we're on these paths that they've drawn while it's like we gave them the pencil. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that was probably my favorite line. I should have been writing it down as yeah, I went. Yeah, she said, but... um, she said uh, let teachers fix it so parents can be distant. Right, yeah. Mess with the child development, just leave it to the government. Let them mm -hmm. draw our paths because we give them the pencil. Then she says we can erase it if we – or we can erase this if we face it. and. Yeah. That reminds me of our Live Not By Lies podcast mm -hmm. and just that episode where we talked through um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn and that essay he wrote and just the fact that he's, he basically said the same thing, you know, like this all can be fixed if we're willing mm -hmm. to do the hard work, but <laughs> it requires us living very purposefully and are we willing to do that? Yeah, and it does require us living purposefully. And I know that it's easy to say that, but that is really the only way we should be living, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that in every moment of my day am I living purposefully. I wish, right. but no one's perfect. Like, I'm far from it. But there is really no other way to live if we're living a faithful life. Yeah, you're right on purposeful living being the only way to live. And I know like when you say that, well, not every moment you're purposeful, like you're not always on point there. Um, mm -hmm. 
I feel like I'm rarely on point, you know, like I'm (laughs) purposeful in the big things and there's so many little things that I could do better on. Mm -hmm. And so when we're putting this episode out, I don't want people to think they're being preached at because this is, this is, um, something I'm preaching to myself daily. And I feel like so much as a society, as a whole, like just where we're at in this modern day and age, you know, it's so easy not to be purposeful because we have the basic needs there for us. And I think about, you know, we've talked about this on the on previous episodes recently, just like kind of dreaming about – dreaming and reimagining what we want our life to look like. And mm-hmm. I think about, you know, people that came before us that didn't have all the amenities. It was much easier for them to be purposeful because they had to be or they wouldn't survive. You know, and so so I I really think that it takes a lot more work Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally to remain in that purposeful mindset day to day. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, let's just think about the stuff that our kids are encountering every day. This is a bit of a shift again, but like our kids are being exposed not necessarily our kids, but again, generalizations, the kids of today are being exposed to all sorts of different things on media, at school, um, via their friends. And, you know, essentially they're being discipled, right? Like we're all Mm -hmm. being discipled by something or someone. And it's when we're discipled, it changes the way we make decisions. It changes our worldview. It changes the way we think about things. And if we want to live purposefully ourselves, that means that we're like teaching our kids our own values, right? But we need to make sure that they're being discipled from the truth and not from the lies that are surrounding them in society. So I'm actually going to play something else from Instagram. And Rita, I don't think I even sent this to you, but basically it's about kids being brainwashed and, you know, like that's obviously got a really negative connotation, but think about it. We all get brainwashed by something, right? And Mm -hmm. it's like, you cannot, your brain can either be washed in truth or your brain can be washed in lies. And when I think of my kids growing up, like I would rather do the brainwashing. You know what I mean? So here, here's this little clip. To me, when I was raising my daughters in the early days of their young life, and I'm reading the Bible stories every night, and we're talking, we're praying, there's people around me, non-Christian buddies going, buddy, you're brainwashing your kids. And I'm like, you're darn right I'm brainwashing my kids. Because if I don't, you will, and Joe Rogan will, and Beyonce will. Right? So we have to. There's a counter brainwashing that needs to take place in the kingdom of God. And some of you get brainwashed by the culture and whistle through life and never question whether you're wrong. Anyway, that makes me think of the, sh- the project that you and your kids have together, like these counterculture t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Because really, <clears throat> we get brainwashed by the culture unless we're seeking to live counter to what's going on around us. And the only way we can know that what's going on around us isn't necessarily what we want to be washing our brains or our kids' brains is by having this source of truth, right? Yeah. And 
like, let's be real. We do not want brainwashed children by us or by anyone because we want them to understand. We don't want them to just blindly believe. We want them to understand what they believe and learn from it. Mm -hmm. But when you consider like washing something, like washing something over you constantly. If you change it from brainwash to washing the brain. Yes. Like, you know, it kind of changes it. Yeah. What you're being, what's being poured over you and poured Mm -hmm. over your children on a daily basis will ultimately become what they think about and what they, you know, what anchors them. And so- Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're saying, Cecily, and it what is, that yeah. gentleman was saying on the um, thing you just shared is what's being washed over them constantly will become what they think about and be- mm-hmm. become what roots them and anchors them. And we want to be pouring into them more frequently and on a more regular basis outside of what culture is telling them. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, it's just reality that they are going to be exposed to the things of culture. Mm -hmm. That's fine because we do live in the world and that's to be expected and that's going to help them learn how to think. But there needs to be this this counter exposure going Mm -hmm. on, right? And that's where it really is up to the parents to make sure that we're not giving the best hours of our day to everything else and then kind of just collapsing as a family at the end of the day. Like I'm all for collapsing as a family at the end of the day and relaxing together as so long as there's like this intentional pouring into each other of like talking about what's true and what's right and what's good. And essentially like talking about who God is, because if we don't have this anchor, then Nothing else really makes sense, right? And we want the world to make sense for our kids. Yeah. I had – like I I just want to make sure everybody knows like we are having these conversations in our home and this is not something I'm perfect at. These conversations we're having on this podcast are because these are areas that we're working on in our own families too. I had actually written down when you were talking earlier like – that when you were saying we're not preaching and I wrote down, yeah, the things we talk about are often the things that are convicting us personally. Yeah, for sure. Like I had yeah. taken the girls to school the other day and got home. Levi was still um, in here. He's usually gone off to work by then, but he was working on in the office for a little bit yet. And mm-hmm. I had sat down and he was like, what are you thinking about? <laughs> like I'm always – and sometimes I'm like yeah. nothing. And he's like, yeah, right. I'm like, I don't know. I'm always thinking about something. But mm-hmm. – um, I, I said, you know, just I started talking to him and I probably is stressing him out because like mm-hmm. that's what I do. Like I just like <laughs> talk about things and like what I want to do and it's probably stressful yeah. to other people around me, but that's just who I am <laughs> in my own <laughs> as a right. person for me. It doesn't stress me out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I was just like, you know, ultimately the conversation led to like, are we live like this is what I want my life to look like mm-hmm. and are we living in a way that we're getting to that point. Like, is that what we're doing? And he was just like, you know, yeah. Like he was, he, you know, we just got in this conversation together about that. And it was about this subject of like, just making sure we are living in a way that fulfills the vision we have for our family and for our children. Yeah. And so I just tell you that, that, 
we don't sit here thinking we're doing this perfectly and want to tell you what to do. This is what we're literally talking about in our own families, in our own lives. Yeah. Well, so many of you send messages that you feel like you're talking to your friends. So I'm hoping that it's clear to you guys, like, you know, we don't have the answers. We're just talking it out. Like, and I'm hoping that's why it feels like you're talking with your friends. So But yeah, to Rita's point, like just kind of talking about this life that we want to have and the conversation you were having with your husband, like are the things we're doing leading us in that direction? You know, I had a friend who once said to me, um, we were talking about this sort of idea and she had said, well, you need like a family mission statement. And I love that because I mean, anyone who's ever worked at a job anywhere knows that every company, every organization has like their vision, their values, their mission statement. Right. Mm -hmm. And like a mission statement can be a really powerful thing. Like I think a lot of companies have extremely empty missions, mission statements that are like nice sounding words that disguise a lot of greed. However, (laughs) when you think of it from like a family, a familial perspective, like a mission statement could be a really powerful thing. And I've actually never taken the time to put the words down into an actual mission statement, but I think it would be a really powerful thing to do to sit down with your husband or your spouse and just like write out like this family mission statement. Okay. So the weirdest thing, first of all, when you were saying mm-hmm. about empty mission statements, I was just thinking yeah. about like inclusivity, like that's in, oh, like, absolutely. all these mission yeah. statements. And now it's like, all the right words. you're fired for not thinking what <laughs> we think. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Inclusivity, like absolutely. it's like the capstone on either end, you know, or what or yes. I guess the end cap on either end of mm-hmm. their mission statement in the middle is you're fired for not thinking what we think. But, um, <laughs> on the mission statement, family thing. This is so weird mm-hmm. because I was actually just thinking about that within the last what? couple of weeks. Yes. What? And we never what? talked about that. That's no, crazy. No, we didn't. But one of a friend I have, um, mm-hmm. she and her family did this several years ago. Like I remember her talking about it probably three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a little, I don't know, At the time, I was like, okay, like a mission statement for your family. Like, it's a little interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. it just felt very corporate to me. And they're a very business-minded family. Um, Okay, yeah. I I actually met her through business. So so I was just like, okay, this feels corporate. Like, this is interesting. Right. But the other day, I was thinking about it while Mm -hmm. I was walking. And I was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, that might really be a good thing to do. Like, have an anchor. (laughs) Like, you know, this is our goal as a family. Like this is what we want to do when we walk out into the world. And it's just weird that you brought that up. That is, maybe that's like an affirmation right there for you. Maybe. I don't know. I just think of like, when you think of all the decisions that we have to make on like a daily basis, and then Mm -hmm. along come really big decisions too every once in a while. And it's like, if you have a mission statement, that's going to make those decisions so much easier. It's going to be this guidepost of like, okay, well, if I go this direction, that takes us away from the mission statement, you know, but if I go this way, that actually brings us towards the mission statement. So I think it's a very, like a very clear line in the sand in a way of like, you know, like this mission statement is written from our deepest core beliefs and values. Um, Yeah. I think it's an amazing guide. I'm imagining telling Levi that I want to write a family mission statement. Like, what would Kyle say to you? Like, Levi, okay, so would I be did. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did say to Kyle that I wanted like a family mission statement, and that's that was basically it. It was like, um, hmm, okay, like. Yeah. And I could tell he wasn't thrilled about it, but you know, that was years ago. Like, I think I first had this idea to do this like four years ago and that's why it's no, really sad. I still to thought it was weird. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's really <laughs> sad for me to admit right now that I already thought this was a good idea four years ago and still haven't done it. Um, but anyway, you know, someone had asked when you had put up a box, like, um, asking what people want to hear about, they had said they wanted to have our husbands on that would be hilarious because for questions like this, they can hear what they really think of, <laughs> of some of our ideas. I cannot imagine Levi on this podcast. Oh, I, I honestly don't think Kyle I think would I'd do be that. scared for what he would say. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be scared for what Kyle would say. I just would, I don't know that he'd say anything. <laughs> so. <laughs> be like oh what's that movie talladega nights when will ferrell's like what do i do with my hands <laughs> <laughs> just like staring at them oh my, oh my gosh yeah anyway so guys just know okay, you may never have our husbands on right here now. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh you said what would kyle say if we did the mission statement oh yeah and then you yeah. had said what levi would say anyway but- but really, like back to the mission statement thing, like even though we don't have a written one, you know, yes. we do have somewhat have of idea. mission statements, yeah. like mm-hmm. constantly telling my kids, like we walk out of the house, like love God and love others. Like if you remember mm-hmm. those those two things, you know, you will be good. You'll, you're set. Yeah. So mm-hmm. th- there's little things like that that yeah. maybe you don't need a written mission statement, but no. those are – that is a mission every day to love God and love others. Yeah. And sometimes that's – enough to remember. <laughs> yeah. And it's enough to make you accountable too. Like, because what, like what we talked about, I don't even know what episode, I'm not even going to try to guess anymore, but we had just talked to, you had said that, oh, it was in the Q and A. Gosh, you see how the way my brain works is like following a little rabbit trail of information. But in the Q and A and O episode, you had said that, you know, one of the most important things about raising your kids up in faith is to just like admit when you've, when you're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like little things like that, when you leave the house, you know, love God and love people, your kids are absolutely going to notice if you're not loving God and loving people well in the way you're living. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were to do a written mission statement, that's just another layer of accountability too. Yeah. You know, and um, if you're not willing to be held accountable, then that could go really badly. (laughs) But if you are willing to be humble and be held accountable, then that could go really well because your kids are going to see a real human um, really working um, to, to do what's right. Yeah. Well, and then I think back to the reason for this podcast episode Mm -hmm. and just being purposeful and, um, taking responsibility for every single decision when you have like what your family values and what um your goals are as a family set in stone mm-hmm. it becomes very easy to take responsibility in every single situation according to your values right because yeah. you know what they are you you've lined them out you have them mm-hmm. placed right there so yeah. that was a good thing to bring up cecily 
Yeah. And I know it's going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse with this, but I just think it's just so important. So you had said like, when you have your family values like written in stone. And I, I honestly think that for so many people in our current society to hear about anything written in stone would cause them to bulk and be like, well, how could anything be written in stone? You're not willing to change your mind on anything. And that's not the case. Like we can change our minds when it makes sense. But the basis of a Christian life is knowing that God is unchangeable. Right. And so that can be written in stone and that's Mm -hmm. such a relief. And so to someone who doesn't know God, hearing written in stone might be a little off putting, but when you understand that God is unchangeable, his word is unchangeable, his promises are unchangeable, then you absolutely can write it in stone. Mm -hmm. So I know I say that a lot, but it's just like, it's just, we have real truth and that's what we need to cling to. And it's worth repeating. Yeah. Man, I started this episode. I was fired up when I came down here to record Mm -hmm. and now I'm just feeling like, okay. Like (laughs) I felt like I was going to be so like, ah, like on this episode and I'm just not. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm in a completely different mindset than when I started this, but. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. So is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think thing? so. Like, no, I think yeah. like talking to a friend, you know, and mm-hmm. just getting your feelings out, it's it's good. So yeah, yeah. those of you listening, I hope you are feeling the same. <laughs> but I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. Back to the whole like beginning of this episode though, like mm-hmm. just we have to take responsibility and we have yeah. to be willing to – hold that as ours instead of mm-hmm. pushing that off onto somebody else. Okay. Like I said, this episode, I started off in a completely different mood than I am in now, but coming into it, this scripture was on my mind. And so I'm going to go ahead and read right now from Philippians uh, chapter three, verses two through three. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Yeah. I love that you brought that verse up because when we think about the world that we live in, there there are so many predators out there. And I don't mean like just one type of predator. I mean, there's so many different people, predators out there that are essentially children of the father of lies, right? And Mm -hmm. they do seek to kill and destroy and we need to watch out for them and we need to be on guard against that. We need to be protecting against that. So I think, you know, in an episode where we're talking about um, how to live our lives in a way that, you know, we're being purposeful and intentional and also protecting our children and teaching them to be purposeful and intentional. I think that's like such, such a great um, passage. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I just have thought of so much throughout this season of life, if you will, for the last couple of years is, you know, very little have we talked about in church, at least at our church, you know, um, what to be on watch for and not just at our church, but like, I feel like, um, leaders of the church in general as a whole, like we're not really talking about, to be on guard against evil. And Mm -hmm. I just find that odd where 
we we are Christians and we acknowledge, you know, Jesus and God and good, but we don't mm-hmm. often acknowledge the other side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. And something that I've been praying lately is just that, you know, God will reveal himself to me, but that he will also just make me aware, like make me aware of the things around me, whether they're good or bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like in that verse, like it said, focus, I don't know exactly how it said it, but like focus on Jesus Christ. And that is what we need to do, right? And Jesus himself warned us. He warned us of all the evil around us. And mm-hmm. he warned us of what was to come if if we followed the path of evil, right? So mm-hmm. he, he, he advocated for us to focus on him and to follow the narrow path. And when I think of our families and ourselves staying on that path and our children. I think of Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 9. My husband actually has this tattooed on him. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so I just think that passage is such a picture of the fact that God, the gospel, our faith, Jesus, all of this should be at the very forefront of our lives. And if we want to see truth through the lies and if we want to watch out for the dogs you know and the evil of the world we need to know what good is first Mm -hmm. otherwise we won't be able to identify what's evil so i just think you know it's so important that we are actually doing this that we are actually teaching diligently to our children yeah that that part that you just said about how important it is for us to know what good is in order to know Mm -hmm. the other, you know, be able to identify the other side of that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's so powerful, Cecily. I think that's so important because, yeah, how are you able to identify good versus evil if you don't actually know what good is? Mm -hmm. This is like a whole other podcast episode that we could do. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So – Anyway, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to cover on this one? No, I feel like there's so many little details that we could have brought in, things going on in the world, but I trust that you guys know what they are and know what mm-hmm. things in your life that um, that you can apply to this episode. So just be thinking of the information that we talked about here and applying it to the personal situations you have. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I hope that this episode was good for you guys. Like, I don't know. It's It just feels like exactly like when we were, Rita and I were trying to decide what we were going to talk about this coming week, there were so many things that I just knew I didn't want to talk about. And then when Rita suggested this, it was just like that just felt right inside of myself. Mm-hmm. So I hope that is the same for you guys and that you really got something out of this episode. Um, as always, thank you for listening. If you want to find us outside the podcast, you can find me, Cecily, on Instagram at cecily.dickey or on my website, thegracetogrow.com. 
And you can find me, Rita, at RitaRogersCo.com or RitaRogersCo on Instagram. Thanks for listening.